It is Locked on Jazz for the 8th of December. Insanity struck at Vivint Arena last night. The fight the Jazz deserved to get this one. We'll talk about it. It was a review of a lot of what we've already seen without Mike Conley up to that point. Walker Kessler starts. Temporary or permanent? Simone Fontecchio saying, I want my time. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all your podcasting apps as well as on YouTube. Comment away on YouTube today. That was insanity. Um, I want to walk through the various things that took place for it to happen. Um, and then I do want to get into the game. I thought there were a lot of really interesting things in the game that actually took place. Um, though the finish is definitely going to be the one we remember forever. Only the second time ever in Jazz history uh, that trailing by that amount with that little time left that the Jazz won the game. Uh, The only other time was in the uh, miracle of Miami in which um, the Jazz were able to win it on Paul Millsaps. That was my second year in the league. I'm not sure I was up to calling it at that point, but the Jazz were one in 718 when trailing by four points inside of the final 10 seconds of the fourth quarter over the last 25 seasons before last night. Um, I want to take the big picture approach here. There's definitely a a huge amount of luck that takes place in in a game like this. But I also would say the signature of this Jazz team to this point in the season is that they fight, that they're committed, and that they stay connected for the entire game. And in that sense, to me, they kind of deserve this one. Or they at least have earned this one. Because the only way that you get all of these things to go right, to take yourself from a 1% win probability or below to a victory, is to stay engaged for every single second of it. Here's what took place. We're, first of all, the Jazz are in control at 117-112 with 342 left, and then they're not. We'll, we'll dig into that a little bit later. Felt very similar. Clarkson ties it at 119. Kaminga gets, they make a beautiful play, 121-119. And they go up. And Clarkson drives with fourteen with 24.7 seconds left. Or 24.9 seconds left. And he gets what most Jazz fans would say is foul. The two-minute report's going to be pretty interesting. Um, And Clarkson misses. Kaminga rebounds. Clarkson's 14-foot shot goes about three feet. And then Clarkson grabs Kaminga. And next thing we know, Clarkson's squaring up. And we've got a flagrant two. Clarkson's ejected. I, I have no idea. But as I said at that point, that'll probably do it. I don't know if I said probably. I probably, out of frustration, said that'll do it. 
24.9 seconds left. We're down two. The Warriors have two free throws and the ball. Like, it's, yeah, the chances are really slim already. Kaminga makes the first, misses the second. That's the first thing you have to have happen. The next thing you have to have happen, and this is where you just, the Jazz deserve credit because they just stayed committed and they fought, is the Jazz force a turnover on Klay Thompson, who is having a miserable year late in games this year. He's 4 of 20 now shooting in the clutch. And the Jazz force a turnover, and they push it ahead, and Fontecchio takes a three with 16.5 seconds left, and to the credit of Klay Thompson, he stays completely committed, championship-level play, four seconds after turning it over, he blocks the shot. Poole gets the rebound, and this is where the Jazz then foul Poole with 13.3 seconds left. At this, Poole has never missed a free throw in his career, he's only taking four, with 24 seconds left in a game with one possession. He's missed one free throw in his entire career in the final two minutes of a game within three point, four points. He's missed one free throw in his entire career when in the clutch. Final five minutes, five minutes left. He was 28 of 30, I believe it was. Now I'm beginning to wonder if he was... I said it last night. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm now quickly trying to look it up. He was either 28... 28 of 29, or he was 39 of 40. Uh, I think it's, he was 28 of 20, or 28 of 29. Um, I will, I have it right here. So the probability that Jordan Poole, who led the NBA in free throw shooting for the last year, is going to miss this free throw. He was 29 of 30 in his entire career in the clutch situation would seem pretty slim, and he misses. And now, Nikhil Alexander-Walker makes one of the smartest plays you'll see. I've been, this has been driving me crazy for years in the NBA, but when you are down three, or down four, as the Jazz were at that point, when you shoot a two in the final seconds of the game, you're actually decreasing your win probability. Andy Larson referred to it as a quack two, on uh, his report yesterday, I think it's a Seth Partnow phrase, it literally decreases your chance of winning the game. It makes you look good, it feels good, but frankly to me, it's always been a, a sign of a coach not quite grasping it entirely. You've got to shoot a three at that point. You can shoot the two, but you actually don't increase your chance to win. You can miss the three, you lose, but you're going to lose anyway. So you've got to shoot the three down four. If you shoot the two... It's a two-point game. You're relying on them missing one of two free throws and without a timeout, you come back. Your only chance then, if they make one of the two, is to tie and go to overtime. If you shoot the three you're wor- and make it, your worst-case scenario is you have a chance to tie. Your best-case scenario is you have a chance to win. We just saw it. And Alexander Walker drives. He's at the basket, and he kicks it out to Malik Beasley for three, who nails it. It was your only chance to stay in the game. You could have shot the two, but again, your win probability would have lost. Our win probability at this point is still like 2%. Then Nikhil Alexander knocks the ball away from Jordan Poole. Kelly Olenek does whatever Kelly Olenek did. Malik Beasley makes a super smart play, knows the time and score. In that setting, I know it sounds crazy, but it's it's easy to not to be not entirely in tune to the time and score. Could have been very easy, like, oh, do I need a three? Do I have to look up and need a three? Where am I? Exact opposite. Like Malik Beasley's right on it. I know it sounds like, oh, you should always know the time score. You should. 
But it would not have been stunning to me that in that moment, Malik Beasley had not expected to have the ball, leading a fast break with three seconds left in the game, and had to make a check of the score or rose for three just in case and missed. And instead, makes the brilliant play. An interesting little note on this, the Warriors put two guys in the front court and two guys in the back court. And so therefore, two things. One, when the Jazz knocked the pass away and Beasley gets it, there's actually a lot of room because there was so much space in the setup. And number two, Fontecchio's already in the front court. And then Fontecchio makes a brilliant play, cutting to the basket. Again, maybe knowing time and score or just reading it correctly, Beasley with a gorgeous pass and the Jazz win. The chances are 1%, maybe. The win probability just fell off the map. Kind of incredible. Uh, went from 1% to the Jazz winning. And one will always remember. I mean, we will always remember that. It was awesome. But I think, you know, I, I do, hey, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. That, there's a huge amount of luck that just took place right there. Like, let's not kid ourselves. But there's also the fact that the characteristic of this team all season long has been the fact that they fight, 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 and fight. And the fact that they, you know, fought last night like they have all season long to me, somewhat is representative of what they've been, you know, of why they end up winning that, of why they have the opportunity. And and that's because of the fact that they just keep themselves in games and they keep battling. So tip of the hat. Tip of the hat. Um, but that sequence of events was was something else. Up to that point, it did begin to feel very similar to what we've experienced in quite a few other nights, and we'll talk about that. Uh, and then Walker Kessler started, and I am not convinced this was a one-off because Lowry Markinen was out. Simone Fontecchio is making a statement for some time as well. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks, 100% deposit match on up to $100 if you use the promo code Locked On. Prize Picks is a fun way. I was listening to Cyrus over at Lockdown Warriors yesterday. He was talking about how much fun he's having with Prize Picks. Um, I am not. I'm not allowed to. Um, so just be perfectly clear. Um, I want to make sure that I'm not misleading you in some way. Uh, but the Prize Picks uh, NBA rules. Use the promo code Locked On with Prize Picks right now. If you put in $72.50, guess what you get back? $72.50. Put in $125. You get $100 because you get up to $100 match on prize picks. It's simple, easy. You can you pick three or four players, um, and uh, you can win up to two time, 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just against projections. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, you name it. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play your daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 with a promo code locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn and the job world right now in the best place for you to place your job is with our friends over at LinkedIn uh, as LinkedIn the uh, post your job for free with LinkedIn and get uh, the fastest, quickest results you possibly can for all of your job needs. Uh, LinkedIn has 
all sorts of little tools that you can use along the way. We've used them over at Lockdown. It's been really helpful to us to get things done at a faster, quicker rate. Uh, what you need, hiring takes time. It can, it can actually suck up your whole company and a lot of people at one time. And that's why LinkedIn comes to play here to help you out. Go to uh, LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's LinkedIn.com, LockedOnNBA. You can post your job for free. Then those simple tools I talked about, like the screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize what you need to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn the jobs number one in delivering quality hires or leading competitors. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, that was a great win. Um, It did have a lot of the characteristics of what we've seen without Mike Conley in the stretch. What's interesting is that with Colin Sexton's hamstring, which... Will Hardy did use the word pulled in postgame, so this should could be a little bit without Colin Sexton, which is too bad. Colin had been playing really, really well in the last five games. He was averaging uh, 19 points, three rebounds, four assists, 59% from the field, 44% from three. He was really had stepped it up and is such a dynamic player. Um, you know, he doesn't read it great offensively. Um, I think he's predetermining a ton of his reads when he goes into the lane and tries to make plays. Um but uh, last night, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who frankly is not a natural point guard. If you go back and read like his draft express and all those kind of things out of Virginia Tech, he was Nikhil Alexander-Walker was a two guard that had not played a lot of point guard. And then he goes to summer league with New Orleans and ends up playing point guard in summer league. And then New Orleans decides he's a point guard. And I would argue that it really kind of... Um, hurt his development um, and put him on the wrong side. I mean, he's a creative ball handler who's you know, clearly ambidextrous if you've watched him play, and he's got pretty good instincts, but it's just not his natural position. Now, at six five and a half with that six nine wingspan, you start to get excited that he can be that guy. Like, that 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 gets you excited, and that six nine wingspan is where he's defensively there. I mean, it's why you make the trade to go get him in the Joe Ingles deal, because this guy's got all these pieces that are are super exciting. And then the one weakness is that he just hasn't put the ball in the basket with any efficiency. Um, He makes a ton of plays last night, a ton of plays. In fact, if you really go back to the third quarter where the jazz are at their best, Alexander Walker checks into the game in the third quarter and changes the game. I know he's got minus 11 on his plus minus, And the reason is because he's on the floor near the end of the game when we blow the lead. But if you go back, it's 82 78 and Alexander Walker checks in with 520 left, and we just kind of click there. We end up scoring on, I think, five of our next six possessions when Alexander Walker comes in. He hits a three. Clarkson hits one of his nine assists. Um, Clarkson hits a three. Beasley hits a shot. We just played really, really well, and then Alexander Walker hits another three down the stretch. Uh, Rudy Gay has a wonderful sequence in there, and that's when the Jazz kind of stretch. Maybe that was, yeah, the end the third. The Jazz... Um, Stretched the lead out to 100 to 91, but Alexander Walker's at the helm for the end of the third quarter and was was really terrific uh, from from that point. The end of the game was not great again, and and this is just the reality of playing without um, Mike Conley. 
At the five-minute mark, Clarkson hits a shot. Olenek scores on the next one on a beautiful pass from Clarkson, and then Kessler gets a layup on a pass from Olenek. Kelly really had a, another... Kelly just moved the ball. Jazz started running stuff through Kelly. Kelly went in the post there. They doubled. I'm not sure why. Kessler made a beautiful cut on the backside baseline to get it. We're up five with 3.42 left. Like, you really should take that one. Out of a timeout, they get Moses Moody a straightaway three. Then Jordan. Then we turn it over. Kessler turns it over. Here we are again, right? 33% of our possessions in the final five minutes of games that are within five points without Mike Conley have been turnovers. Jordan Poole lays it up. Next thing you know, Alexander Walker misses a three. Thompson misses three. Jordan turns it over. And over-dribbling, one-on-one, all the same stuff we've just done wrong. Poole hits, and next thing you know, we're trailing. Olenek misses an eight-foot tough jump shot on a bad possession. We go to the post. They don't double. He can't get free. We don't have anything there. Then the other bugaboo has been that we've only been grabbing 50% of our defensive rebounds in the clutch. They get four opportunities and don't score. Clarkson actually scores. Kaminga follows. And then the madness starts. It wasn't as bad as it has been in some of the games past. In fact, in the final five minutes of this game, our offensive numbers are actually half decent. We end up shooting five of nine in the final five minutes. Uh, we turn it over on two of our 11 possessions this time, in, which is much less than our 33%, um, our defensive rebounding was below 50%. So some of the same things, but a little bit better and kept us in the game. But those same issues just, and we should have Mike Conley back Friday, which is good because we're probably without Colin Sexton, but it is still the same kind of issues um, reared their ugly head in that period of time. And it's not surprising. I'm not criticizing Frankly, anyone, you're asking players to do something they've never done before. Uh, it's a little bit of what happened to the Warriors last night, frankly. Ty Jerome has not been throwing a lot of inbound passes to Jordan Poole in the final minutes of close games, right? That's that's not something that the that the Warriors have done an awful lot of, and I think you saw them get tight and not quite know how to execute that down the stretch as well. So it's it's not an uncommon situation or one that I I'm, would be super highly critical of, um, in other words, like that someone's a failure or Will's not doing his job or it's just the reality. This is what happens when you when you don't have we've seen, you know, it's it's really what makes what Phoenix has done until last night when Chris Paul came back so impressive. But we watched Portland play without Dame Lillard and they were fairly clueless down the stretch. We watched the Warriors play without Steph Curry last night and they were not great down the stretch, and we watched the Jazz play without Mike Conley, and they're not. These guys have there's a reason why they make what they do, and there's a reason why they bring what they bring. And that um I think we saw that. Uh, last night. Um, you know, without marketing last night, I thought was interesting. The The Warriors without um, Steph Curry and without uh, Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins really had two guys who could score. And they got Kaminga to give him a third. Um, though I got to say, I'm I'm not in love with his game. I mean, he was he's a power player, 10 of 13, 24 points last night playing off action. Um, there was a play where he had Rudy Gay isolated right wing and couldn't beat him. And I can't get that out of my head. His only answer was to go power. Um, but Poole and Thompson last night, are, their answers, they go 18 of 48 from the field, which is not great. They go 8 of 24 from three. The Jazz did a pretty good job defensively trying to hang with them. The thing that was most interesting last night was the Warriors don't run without Draymond. The Warriors were only in transition 12.7% of their possessions and then did not score in transition. We're at 0.6 points per transition. So the Jazz really did a fabulous job last night of preventing transition and not getting points in transition. In fact, that was a game that had some of the least efficient, according to Cleaning the Glass, was one of the least efficient transition games by either team um, all year long. 
And that was, I think that's the case of no Draymond outlet passing and the Warriors just don't run the same way uh, that they regularly do. From a Jazz standpoint, without Lowry, we saw exactly what this Jazz team is, which was just another night of incredible bounce. Um, the Jazz ended up with seven different players in double figures last night. 22 for Jordan, 18 for Fontecchio. We'll talk more about him in a second. 18 for Bees. He got a three early and got rolling. Uh, and he's really struggled without uh, Conley. Sexton had 17, 15 for Olenek, who I thought was really, really good last night. Five assists, three rebounds, two steals. Uh, Kessler double-doubled with 10 points, 12 rebounds, five blocks. We'll talk about him in a second. And then... Uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 11.7 rebounds, 4 assists, and, and 3 steals. Just great, great balance. Rudy Gay was one off being the 8th player in double figures last night. Um, so the Jazz answered the, the idea of the you know not having their main guy with exactly what has, has made this team what they are, flexibility. Last night's win is very symbolic, appropriate and symbolic to what the Jazz have been all season long. They've been balanced, they've been together, um, and they found a way to win that game with very, very little likelihood um, of it happening because they don't relent and they stay engaged in every possession. Uh, this, uh, thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Today's show brought to you in part by Murdoch Chevy, located over in Woods Cross as well as in Logan. Our friends over at the Chevy have the great Silverado and the Colorado truck line for you, plus a super lineup of SUVs with the Blazer and the Trailblazer all the way down to the equ- the tracks and the Traverse with the Equinox in the middle there. It's all over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also located in uh, Logan. If you're going to stop by, we can give you the same VIP treatment that we give you at all of our uh, Murdoch places, so make sure you email me first. There are some late season reasons why you might want to go get a big heavy vehicle if you don't know about that. Um, and see what we can uh, find out for you as the uh, what benefits there might be for you to get a car right now. It's all at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross and in Logan. You get the Murdoch's family uh, guarantee, and you also get the uh, of of eighty plus years in Utah. Plus, you get the great Chevy line. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending. That's my guy, Steve Carter. It is a funky little market out there right now. If you're trying to do some lending and that's why you need the professionals over at intercap and that's why you need our guy steve carter who is simply the best we love steve carter there's no one i love sending our people to more they're hyper responsive they have the borrower in mind steve carter carries you through the process he and is our own personal loan officer so make sure you stop by intercap lending is headquartered in utah they're in the 44th year of business now. Josh Romney brought it to Utah in 2016, um, and they have long-term relationships and make sure it all works. You can go call Steve directly at 385-885-28 or just email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. It's with immense pleasure that I will uh, connect you to Steve Carter because he's such a great guy and love hearing our listeners' customer service experience. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked On Sports today is your 22-minute recap of all things in the sports world. Probably a lot of Aaron Judge today and the rest of the baseball signings. Game to Game should be incredible with a full docket of NBA games last night. If you have not ever listened to Game to Game, please do it today and tell me what you think. Game to, Last night we had, what did we have last night on the docket? We had... Uh, I think 2011 games last night. So we've got uh, reports from all 11 games for you, breaking down what took place. Um, 
from the local experts' point of view, the Clippers lose in Orlando. Atlanta gets blown out by New York. DeJounte Murray goes down. Memphis and New Orleans look like the two best teams in the Western Conference right now, which is pretty interesting. Minnesota gets a close game win um, late last night before coming to Utah for their game on Friday. Tickets are available for that, by the way, at utahjazz.com. All right, Walker Kessler starts last night. I I don't think it's a one-off. It was couched by... um, Will Hardy, uniquely in the press conference, in which he said, hey, well, we don't have Kelly starting, and so, you know, da 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 That's why Malik Beasley started. But I actually think, quite frankly, that we're going to see Walker Kessler in that starting lineup again. Will uh, Ron Boone on postcast last night said that he thinks he earned the starting spot. Uh, from a defensive rating standpoint, Walker's been amazing. They need to see whether he can do it against, um, you know, the best players in the NBA. His defensive rating last night, other than Fontecchio's, was the best of anyone, but it wasn't amazing. It was 114.0. Um, he's still going to have a lot of mistakes. There are going to be nights where he has bad matchups. There are going to be nights where he bothers things. Um, last night, team players who were against him went two of uh, went 9 of 18. Um, so he's not having, you know, he's, let's not get, ex- he's not the old Frenchman yet. Um, he's doing a lot of things really well. He blocks shots. He has an impact. He had five blocks last night. And it's time to see whether he can play with the starting lineup. I, we've seen him inch closer and closer to, to the first unit. And part of that is that teams play big early and they get smaller as the game goes on. So I think the drop big still has a importance in the game for 25 to 30 minutes a night. And you have to pick your spots, but they're usually to start the first and third are part of your spots there. So I think as you watch, but I think that's, I, I think we just saw the beginning of Walker Kessler starting. Uh, which is pretty remarkable, by the way. Um, and, and in the realm of the Rudy Gobert trade, is even more remarkable that the Jazz actually got their starting center. He is again. Let's not like. I, I, let's not say he's. Let's not get too excited, right? He's not Rudy Gobert yet, um, but he's having a fabulous start to his year. Um, he's 16th in the league right now in minutes played uh, of rookies. Uh, there have been. You know, the top guys are, are all playing. Benedict Matherin leading the way. Jaden Ivey, Jabari Smith, Paulo Buncaro's out for a little while. Then Keegan Bradley, um, Jalen Duran. So those are all, you know, Jalen Williams, Jeremy Sohan. Those are all top of the, the top not eight-minute guys are all falling the top 13 uh, picks. And then you've got a few guys, Coloco in Toronto, Nebhardt in Indiana, that are playing minutes that are probably a little unexpected. And uh, Caleb Houston in Orlando is getting a lot of time with their injuries. And then Walker. Like, Walker's right there, the next one in that group. Um, and is, you know, obviously playing and doing fabulous things. He's, he's getting better every night he's out there. He's going to have tough moments. It's not going to be. But this is part, you know, part of this season is still development and still trying to make guys get better and better and better and see what they're capable of and see who are the pieces of the puzzle for the future. There's no question Walker is one of those. But then let's make sure he learns. Um, And over the last four games, you know, he had a tough game against Chicago. Vucevic had him out on the floor and he wasn't very comfortable in their small lineup. Um, But in the last four games, he's playing 22 minutes a night. He's just shooting a measly 90% uh, from the field. He's averaging 11 points and nine rebounds and four blocks. It's pretty impressive. Uh, So I do think that that is um, 
you know, I think that's a permanent move. I think Vanderbilt will be coming off the bench uh, the rest of the way. I think you've got it. it it's not natural necessarily of Kelly Olynyk and Walker Kessler on the floor together because they're not the quickest two players. And it does feel as though you could get beat in transition. But I think you have to have Kelly Olynyk on the floor. Um, I think he's too valuable to what you do and he moves the ball too well. And he is, to me, he is the reason why this team has ball movement. And um, I think you're going to see, I think he starts with Walker Kessler. You're just going to have to be really good in transition uh, early in games. Uh, the other one is F- Simone Fontecchio. He suddenly, he, you know, he didn't play for three straight games. Uh, and then he's back into the rotation here and we'll see how they play this. Last night was obviously career night with 18, but he suddenly has played 16 minutes a night over the last four games. He's shooting 50% from the field and 50% from three. And I just, I think teams, I think there's, I've always felt this way about the league. You're a defensive liability if you get hunted out. So Kelly Olenek's not great defensively and he gets hunted on every possession. That makes it 10 times worse. Because most guys, actually, if they got hunted on every possession, couldn't stop anyone. Fontecchio gets hunted a little bit. And so it's going to be tough for him defensively. But I don't think he's inadequate defensively. His effort is good. He's not the quickest laterally. But he's got pretty good hops. He's able to rebound. He's able to get in traffic. That finish, in the, finish for the dunk last night was real. Um, he can go off one foot when he's driving the basket. So offensively, he's able to do a lot more things than guys who have to have use two feet. I think Kaminga thought last night looked like a two-foot jumper. Two-foot jumpers are hard to be elite athletically in the NBA. And, and he, Simone's shooting and ability to get that shot off is really, really valuable. It's a great bargain by the Jazz front office to have Simone for $3 million a year coming off the bench and playing and... And then he's been, as Will said in the post-game press conference last night, you know, he's been a pro since he's 16. So there just aren't a lot of things out there that are going to phase him or bother him in the process. And we're seeing that. Usually it takes European players a year or so to get comfortable. Um, Simone, I've talked to him about it a lot in the locker room. He's delightful, by the way. Um, his wife's out here. She really likes it. It's her third city in three years. His young girl's here as well. Um, and they're trying to get situated but for usually for a European player, everything's happening in a different language, in a different city, with different rules, and different this, and different that, and everything's off. And usually it takes you about a year to get yourself comfortable and going. Simone does not seem to be having um, that process. He just really, really knows how to play and plays well. So that's, a, that's where we sit um, for the Jazz right now after just a remarkable win. Some, some little subtle rotation changes happening in the midst of this. Rudy Gay's back, and so how Fontecchio and... Uh, Simone get minutes. We'll see uh, Colin Sexton, I think, will be out for a little while uh, based on Will Hardy's phrase, pulled hamstring. That's not ideal. Um, and we'll see how they do. Mike Conley should be back Friday as Rudy Gobert returns. Tickets are available to that one. Then we go to Denver. So fun week of basketball. The Jazz pull off another win. They're currently sixth in the Western Conference. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Locked on Jazz. What an improbable, incredible, amazing win last night. Hope you're soaking it in, enjoying it. Jazz Game Rewind and Utah Jazz Basketball Podcast should be up. It's not right now. I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with that. Um, and they sh- Or should be available at KSL Sports. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.